Talking rugby, telling stories, rugby picker. Welcome to Rugby Pick'em. Who cares? Who knows? Why bother? Welcome back to Rugby Pick'em. Pick'em. What? Bonsoir. You know that voice. Bonsoir, Bonjour, Bonjour, Bichette. Uncle Johnny in the house, and we are back from our French immersion working title. John, you spent three weeks in France. I spent 12-ish days. And man, did we immerse so hard. Full immersion. Pick'em goes full French. We have to. I mean, is there any other way to take in a World Cup? Especially when your team's not qualified and you're just kind of getting around it for the sake of getting around, getting around it. it. Trey Bien. Yeah. How good, though. Uh, what a tour. And the the footy. The footy was great. Man. But let me just start by saying the French are way nicer than pop culture makes them out to be. You know how it's like, oh, the French are assholes. I did not find that to be the case. Same. They were quite uh, hospitable. It was refreshing like stereotype busting yes. and like i'm sure hopefully we brought a little of the stereotype busting i'm sure we brought some of the stereotypes as well loud americans oh like, yeah all, like state brash tuned. we don't know your language we je ne parle pas français not like terrible right but like we're we're pretty good blokes so like and we got some you know nice wags uh, along with us so we had a great time the french are Gracious hosts. They really are. It's a it's a beautiful country, beautiful culture. So coffee and cigarettes in the morning. If you don't like that smell, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Whether you smoke them or not, ripping darts oh, just yeah. on the fly in the stadium. That was a bit <laughs> much, but uh, you know, over, on balance, the French did a fantastic job and are still doing a fantastic yes. job hosting. And what a better country to to have your home side peaking well yes we we're gonna get into it we're obviously can't cram four rounds into a 30 minute podcast highlights only yeah john the opening weekend uh we caught a heat wave in bordeaux and luckily we had our man on the street mike with us our handheld uh not the one you see in the rugby pick'em logo which is sitting in front of us right now but no our little uh tape recorder which uh people dating way back to the old rugby pick fans remembers when a guy in san francisco tried to hit it because it looks like a vape so when you put it in someone's face they either hit it like vape style or they say funny shit in it old school journalist recorder and that gets you the pure gold so yeah so more to the come on that we, stay we're, tuned we're gonna for put out our taste of bordeaux yes Ooh. homage to anthony bourdain and last country and that they, hopefully what doesn't come through uh in the those recordings is just how hot mate i thought it was gonna melt on yeah. that train coming home and it's from, not like i haven't done 100 degree days here in denver but we have a lot of like air conditioning sprinkled through the u.s and that's not really the french way <laughs> well because, like bordeaux's an old city right like you're not gonna have the infrastructure matter of fact the the 
hardest thing for me was understanding that I pooped in one bathroom and I showered and washed my hands in another bathroom. And I, I mean, that's separation of poop and, and, and cleanse. So yes. I, I support separation of poop and cleanse. Yeah. But like all these old buildings, yeah, with no aircon, and they also have like had that spike in, you know, yeah. it was the early climate September change, heat wave. wave. They've had wildfires and smog, but like ended up by the end it turns out when you spend three weeks there by the end it kind of cooled off and turned a little little bit more fall like and we weathered that storm buddy yeah 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 so you'll hear more from uh, ireland romania and uh closing a 63 point spread we also took the the wags and the ladies to fiji uh wales which is a phenomenal game there was a near uh buzzy sighting there we were in the same stadium we just didn't cross. We didn't paths. connect. Close. Unlike you know the last probably two World Cups where I ran into Buzzy, Buzzy, bro. But that one, you know, Wales Fiji, uh, it was such a good game. We had phenomenal seats and a great vibe, great finish too. So one of the things we've talked about a lot is like uh, good matches in a World Cup. So before we even rip into it. A lot of people are saying, oh, man, you got you got to extend the World Cup to 24 teams. Um, love it, hate it. What are your thoughts? Because I think the Americans should have to battle their way back into a 20-team tournament. Yeah, I mean, we want that for the Eagles anyway to be above that line. Like, we need to be performing above that line no matter what. Expanding... You know, I'm a little torn on that because I originally I was thinking, you know, yeah, pools of four teams makes more sense than pools of five because it's an odd number. But the pools of five, I think, works out well for player wel- welfare and quality of matches in the tournament just because you, you have baked in there some like one by yeah, semi by week right into into there. Uh, Pros are more teams get invited to the dance. Cons may be you lose a lot of these amazing pool matches, right? So, you know, going on to week two, we had that epic fucking South Africa, Ireland thing that everybody had mm. eyes on. That might have even been round three. But my whole point here is if you move to six pools, you're going to see less of those tier one lineups. Right. And to be honest, like, that has been deemed the game of the tournament with right. the fucking Irish fans. Uh, just France, New Zealand singing. to kick it off in the I- Ireland Scotland game. I mean, those two had the atmosphere of a final. Both yeah. of those had the atmosphere of a final. Yes. It was cool to see uh, Macron and uh, Bill Beaumont get booed uh, in the opening Heavily. Ceremonies. Heavily. They got booed almost as bad as Eddie Jones every time he was on the big screen. Yeah, dude. So another last touch on French culture and why I love French fans. They love a good boo, which controversial topic here on the podcast. Do you boo a kicker? Do you kind of have negative fandom? I love it. It's chirpy. They seem to always root for tier two countries, always wanting upsets. The minute a ref hits the TMO too much and too often and is disallowing tries, the boo birds were out. I just found it funny. They're They're, vocal, but it's not like a malicious. No, it's like, oh, come on, boo. What are you doing? They're vocal in a a semi-jovial way, and they're, they're harmless, right? It's not like... It's not as aggressive as like the South American, like I have to put a cage up 
I have to put a cage up around the like like these football matches, right? Where there's a little bit of the football hooliganism, you know, where they're whistling and it's like aggressive. Yeah, and you're afraid for well, you had uh, you hit the Italy Uruguay match. Ooh, talk That's about got a lot of hand gestures, lots of very like really expressive like cultures and very vocal. So they were just Was that Marseille Lyon. Where were you by then? The Italy Uruguay game, that would have been Nice. Nice, oh, how nice! How nice! It was. I mean, all the venues were spectacular, right? The French is France is built for hosting this. They're built for it. The venues are phenomenal. Transportation is probably the only knock that people had because there were some gnarly lines getting home for some people, and I experienced that myself out of Lyon. But, uh, dude, Nice for. Italy, Uruguay, great. Like again, they, you get those matchups too with these these pools where you know it can go either way. And some of these teams are have have grown a lot. Uruguay really impressed me. They had tournament. a first they, half lead and then Italy stormed back. I mean, I like games that can go either way. And and as much as we had a great time at Ireland, Romania, we were chasing a sixty three point spread with the Irish. Like that was the storyline. That was just the boys drinking beers, knowing we were just going to watch a lot of Irish tries, trying not to melt our balls, trying not to melt, but somehow like doing way better than the like Irish fans who are just not built for that level of sun. It just turns. Oh, good lads in our box. Good lads. We we the minute these Irish guys like realized they had six to eight Americans who just were going to be a fun hang, they'd be showing up and be like, "All right, boys." 12 pints. Need your help here. I got the next round and let's chop it up. They were ready to cut it up, eh? Yeah. They're, well, oh, it was a good time. We, I mean, were, we were cutting up a lot of things, but not what you would think. We were actually really just, just cutting it up just, with each other. Just cutting the uh, cheese. Not cutting. Well, there was some cheese cutting. Yeah. There was lots of cheese. France. Oh, the Irish okay. fans like the party. Fromage. <laughs> Fromage. But, John, uh, a cool thing we did. So, so for those that haven't been to a World Cup yet, like, really want you to do it. Hopefully this podcast can just kind of, like, make you be all in on Australia. It's probably hard to shotgun a trip to France at this point <laughs> if you don't already have tickets. If you're but inclined, I'd yeah. say send it. That was the motto for France 2023 Fuck it, send it. Like, it just go, and it's my favorite type of tour is the World Cup tour. We got a little extra rugby in, though, because the French, for those that don't know, the French have what is considered the most successful, at least well-advertised, well-paid-for, established league. There's always talk, oh, is Super Rugby better than French Top 14? Is English Premiership better? The reality is, with the Premiership kind of folding teams left and right, there is no denying the best money and resources go into French rugby. Top 14. Maybe and- the Japanese yen can play like some crazy player contracts, but they... The balance yeah. of quality of play and players that they bring in, a combination of domestic talent sprinkled with foreign players. You are seeing pretty money. good too now that the Safas are there, but the money's not the same as the French. Yeah, so they got a really good balance to their league and they have passionate fans. Like they're filling, you know, these games. So to be able to be there in a rugby mad 
country that has rugby going on all over. Oh, it's fantastic. And what we did, because we just love rugby. And love like, the footy. Let's go to more games. We actually went to a French D2 game. So for those that just follow MLR here on, on the Rugby Pick'em podcast, imagine MLR is so successful that there's a sub-MLR that has even more regionalized teams, right? And there is this promotion relegation. In our French D2 match, which featured Biarritz hosting Stade Montois. A little local regional derby. It was a Wednesday night. They drew 8 to 9,000. The game started at freaking 9 o'clock at night. And people are queued up. And we were in and out in hour 45. And it was just sick. Like, huge Sweet. surge to the beer line before the game. Huge surge at halftime. Passionate get in, fans. Get out. Yeah, passionate fans. When do fans you see that? Singing, flags, like fan zones, like legit stadium. Stade Montois brought, like, trumpets to kind of, like, <laughs> razz the kicker and, and get noisy in a conversion. And did you notice the brass band? It was, Dude, like, so high good. school football style Now, respect band. to the Basque country because, you know, after chatting with some, some people, boots on the ground, we met Louis, uh, Charles's friend. Uh, he plays for a club in Bordeaux, and he's like, yes, French rugby is crazy, but especially in the Basque, Ooh. they go nutty for it, right? So mm. we were just, yeah, it's, it's an awesome town. It was a little surf town. We were always going there by design kind of in between these weekend games. But that was awesome, man. French D2. So we asked ourselves, would the Eagles do well? Would the Eagles beat this like Wednesday night lineup of French D2? And we're like, That's a little yeah, hard. I would hope so. That's harsh on the Eagles. Yeah. But this quality of play for a D2 it was pretty good. But you was could, pretty good. You could sense the guys were also just like cashing a paycheck and be like, okay, I'm going to yeah. show up and play and I'm Back. I thought it was so charming. Like charming in is is France in a nutshell for me. Like everything was charming. Walking down the streets, going to these different towns. But the the D two match Biarritz in Biarritz was a great like hybrid for me of the club feeling in a professional setting. Yes, it had a very club local club feel. Everyone came out like you know. So it's like a footy fan. Yeah, like Cincinnati Wolfhounds meets San Diego Legion. You know, like that's ideally where we want to get in the MLR, where it feels personable. And and I'll give like you know Seattle SeaWolves credit. Like they've always established this like hardcore Seattle club rugby fan base that shows itself through the SeaWolves. But I guess my my point, and I I think the one you're trying to make is like. The reason why the French excel at being good hosts mm. and having an awesome professional league is because mm. they kind of just make those like second division professional games, probably even club derbies, feel professional. And there was a yeah. great vibe, and and the sick. footy the footy was pretty spicy. Like <laughs> they were getting after it. Big for, dudes too. Like you said, you, you got to be big to last professionally and play right. like a twenty match season. There were some units out there. <laughs> the the guys that lost were six five, kind of minimum, just big hunking guys. Uh, but it was sweet, and that was a great experience. Beer eats was, I, I think, you know, of like a dozen plus cities. And they throughout can the country, one of my favorite, like the best country. Yeah, I fell in love. Yeah. The the culture. I mean, it's one of the oldest like cultures, like civilized cultures. Yeah, in, we went to San Sebastian one day. We did pinchos mm. for the boys and the girls. How good! Uh, it's so good. I, not to 
pat ourselves on the back as like hardcore adventurers, but we did swim in two different countries in two different days. In the same day. Sorry, the same two day. Two different <laughs> countries in the ocean. In the same day. In the same day. Spain I, and I France. ran smack into some uh, jellyfish, the most cute, beautiful, Were they Spanish striking, jellyfish or Spanish jellyfish? Visiting? They might have been invasive jellyfish, now that I'm thinking of it, because they were like pink with purple dots. and Maritime so They might have been French. They yeah. might have been French. The border was right there, but it was a really good hop around. Uh, hell of a tour. Um, excellent hosting. Good food, uh, the couple knocks on you know, but overall, like really good experience, and they've got a good thing going on building, also with the the, the competition. Despite the ups, the the not really big upsets, right? That's no, what we're it, waiting on because there's always one big one, and I was betting on a couple that just haven't panned out. There's been some blowouts, which is a little disappointing when you talk about expanding yeah, these right. pools. Like, you don't want more blowouts. Do we want to wanna line up in England with just three lambs for slaughter? Or do we want England kind of like always playing in Argentina? Or we want England always playing yeah. like anyone to, and the other team to win. <laughs> That's what we want. I know, right? If you're not English, you always are rooting against the English. But back on storylines, teams that came in with a lot of criticism were... Mm. Obviously, England for being down in the in the pre-tournament mm-hmm. games. I think Wales even got some heat for just being oh, yeah. so low in the world rankings. So bad. Don't even get into Oz. We'll get into Oz. We'll get into Oz. But and even like the now Ki- England Kiwis. and Wales are sitting on top of the world. We're gonna preview the final round five. But like you know, as it stood, we could kind of see there was always a stronger and weaker half of, of kind of like everybody knows pool A and B were super stacked. Stacked, but. Um, John, as you kind of continued through the the French Riviera, um, Oof. and and for those that don't know, Johnny just he always has the the best plan. He just he rented a little rent a car, the Clio from Paris, a uh, Clio, and drove all over the country, and then dropped the Clio off back in Paris. And what I find when you say this, so uh, gracious of you to say, uh, really, my best plan ends up being like very light on the plan and more on the just sponta- <laughs> the people, the spontaneity, yeah. the execution in the moment, and the feeling, the getting immersed. Fully immersed in the culture and and finding these serendipitous, like beautiful parts of the country that I never would have known existed. We rented a, a Clio Renault six speed cruise that What these, was your favorite speed? I mean second was a little tough. The clutch comes out real deep, but power that into third, fourth, and then uh yeah, it's it's pretty fun. It was okay. pretty fun, but in twenty one days covered 3,400 kilometers. Okay. That's 212 miles. That that averages out to over 100 miles per day. And some days you barely even traveled. And some days, like, there were a couple places we spent, like, three whole nights in one place. So that was kind of nice. But a lot of hopping around, a lot of footy from Paris, Bordeaux, Bayonne, Biarritz, Toulouse, Saint-Étienne, Nice, Marseille, Lyon, Back to Paris, it was quite a ride and a lot of stops in between. And seeing six World Cup matches in one club match, got to really get into the footy and really get to analyze more of styles of play and matchups. And that fascinates me, right? Watching, uh, to start off, Wales versus Fiji, and then watching Fiji smoke Australia, and then 
uh, a Wales Australia was the last match. The dropping that, night. Oh my so, gosh! It's really impressive. It's just great to see the different matchups and how teams respond. Yeah. To when they're matched up with different styles of play, we certainly knew Eddie was copying it. Going into the tournament, he picked a really young team, for those that don't know. Eddie. <coughs> Left some veterans at home. Eddie. He's always been willing to be like, come at me, media. You know, I'll, pl- I'll play the game. Uh, but it hurts when Eddie doesn't have the results to kind of back up his mouth. Because, as I recall, they, they lost five on the trot going into the tournament. And Mate. now they're sitting at one or two and two. They lost the two games that they needed to win. They're sitting basically watching Fiji, hoping for a loss in this final week. But, like, Eddie's Eddie's in hot water, as they say. Hot water. Mate, I hate to be right about this. I actually hate to be right about this because I, I love, you know, Australia is, you know, proud rugby country. I like their style of play. I love their players. And they've got some veterans that, that really don't deserve to go out like this. That's how I'm feeling for... Hoops and, and Cooper and Foley and like I feel for these guys and it they don't want to feel vindicated. It's not a good feeling around the board for Australia, but they came in uh, from their roster. They had twenty three players on their World Cup roster who had never won a match in the Australia jersey. Yeah. So not only inexperience. But no, like the people that had one had some caps, hadn't seen any success as an Australian rugby player. Like, yeah, it's like Eddie, their country. These guys don't remember 03. Dude, <laughs> it's just he went full Captain Ahab. He's a megalomaniac, <laughs> and I worry about the guy because he starts chipping at the journalists. Like it's not their job to ask basic questions about like yeah. anything. And and Do you it, even know rugby, mate. Get. Get along for the journey, mate. This is a journey. We're building something here, mate. Mate, I'm not going to answer the question. Like, did I, did I not, blah, blah, blah. He's Meanwhile, he's interviewing with Japan and can't, like, shirking that. And I just feel for the players, mostly, because, like, whatever I had. And I, I just, it also sucks to lose respect for somebody that you've respected. He's a great coach. But, this, you know... Your karma comes back to you if you run an operation uh, just the like ground. as a cowboy. Now, Johnny, you were at this Wales drubbing. You were wearing the infamous Green Man suit. Green Man was out in Lyon. Uh, the Aussies, they, they weren't happy with an American they were, posturing as an Australian. Because we all know like Australia's national colors, that mustard, that mm. gold. But if you flashes of green, kind of always. the green, yeah, the green gave the Aussies uh, the impression the impression that I was rooting for them. And normally I would be, but I also like Wales, and I like that matchup. That's the third time in three consecutive World Cups I I've happened to see Wales versus Australia, and I love that matchup. That styles of play, just like jigsaw in a way that always makes for a good footy. And this was the least competitive of the games because as as shite as Australia was, disappointing and just rubbish and like just great players but trying like so hard to make shit happen on their own and like poorly placed kicks, poorly executed. Like you feel for, right, just really bad. And as bad as they were, the Welsh were that good. They were clinical. Their kicking game all around, chip kicks, like – 
kicks out of pressure into territorial kicking off the tee. They were so impressive that, you know, I they've come a long way in the past 12 months. Yeah, that's for I, sure. And and we're going to basically preview this this final round which is what we're calling the pre-quarter finals. Mm. And then Johnny will probably actually hopefully hop on the mic before the quarters are actually locked in cuz I'm sure there'll be whole new storylines. DuPont will he come back? The French were rolling until a, a maxim maximum fracture. Maximilian, I don't know the technical term for your fucking cheek in the bone. orbital. Yeah. yeah, that's a dangerous. It's, it's actually the one like it's below. It's, yeah, above your tooth or something. Yeah, either yeah. way, any face fracture is it's not good. Is not ideal. And I'm just I'm I'm heartened. I'm a little concerned, but I'm heartened that he'll be back and he'll be in kind of like some hybrid phantom of the opera mask oh, i'm imagining um, it'll be so good for rugby because that will be like the most viral meme or whatever it's just like whatever mask dupont comes out in and i hope it's like a full raccoon mask where he has like a nose protector like an old gladiator thing where the two eye sockets are opening but i don't think the guy needs his full field of vision to to get her done he's thrown that nine ball so many times and knows how to whip it and the French whooped New Zealand's ass week one, but a lot has changed, right? So a we're lot. rolling into round five. It'll be the fourth game for every team. And we kind of looked at every pool, and there's basically one match to watch. Uh, we'll start out in pool A, France-Italy. Talk to me. France-Italy, you know, this has got to scare the French, right? Because Italy have not maybe performed – it's kind of typical Italy, but like they got their butts whooped. They have haven't been in, they haven't been as consistent, right? So that's the typical part. And then they they've shown flashes of what how they can play. And I really want more for Italy. And this is their chance, so they might come out and show up. And I think that they also know the French. And it can't know. go worse than last Thursday against New Zealand. Ooh-wee, that was... <laughs> that was an old-fashioned whooping. Yeah. It I was mean, a whooping, boy. Really, really, the All Blacks reminded everybody that they're still the All Blacks yeah. there. And, and I actually think, like, a snake-bitten All Blacks team that lost the first game of the tourney, they, they have 40, 50 days to fucking ruminate on that before these these quarters and these semis so they're the high they're the standard for high performance so what they can do in that 40 days like and they did get their butts whooped kind of by the french that was a close the french played like one of the most phenomenal displays of like true like chaos theory champagne rugby we will keep you guessing and new zealand were like just they were just not the better team like they couldn't overcome that and it was so great to see and but i imagine france will be heavy favorites maybe yeah. 15 to 20 points but it'll be a game to watch because everything's on kind of on the line there. so for for things to change there italy's got to win and then of course it's up to bonus points and permutations and then, but that's a game to watch because pool? yeah and all then, blacks could get knocked out france could get knocked out permutations but if everything goes as planned, you're going to see France first, New Zealand second in Pool A. And then in Pool B, we've got... Oh, boy. Dude, a really spicy pool. This is why I don't want to extend the World Cup, because you don't get games like this. Ireland-Scotland. Lining up uh, old rivals and everything to play for. Um, you know, Ireland coming in favored, but Scotland, you know, showing some signs that they can really take them 
you know, to eighty yeah. with some with some legit challenge. And like, look, Ireland's what do they say? Won sixteen on the trot. Uh, I believe yeah, that's what the so... the waspy pundits say. Is like they're the hottest team in the world. Can they stay that hot exactly consistently? Because, because we all know that their hump dude. to overcome has always been the quarterfinals. Yeah. So and like, if any team can remain that consistent, it is Ireland because their entire style of play is like clinical. I, right? I think and, it's like bully ball and and bash you up. But also with some attacking brilliance with their Irish Kiwis in what is it? The trifecta of Irish Kiwis: Bondiaki, James Lowe, and Jameson Gibson Park. It, it's really impressive how they've gelled. Like they've had a pretty consistent uh, lineup, and they they just know each other so well, and that that's going to keep them consistent and keep them as like a high favorite um, rolling. Rolling straight through, honestly, it's so the permutations are crazy there. But there's there's a world where Ireland, South Africa go through. There's a world where Scotland and Ireland go through. There's a world where Scotland and South Africa go through. What world? The reality is Ireland's favored. We're guessing again that fifteen to seventeen point range. Yeah, maybe it might be a, might be twelve to twelve to fifteen. Twelve to fifteen. The bookies will yeah. put it there. Yeah, I think Scotland. You know, this is it. For them, yeah. right? So, and also, but also, this that puts the pre- just like with the French match, the French French are going to feel the pressure that they got to win this game. Yeah. The Ireland's going to feel that pressure as well, and I think they respond well to that pressure. Yeah. On to Pool C, we've got Fiji, Georgia, which turns out to be a pretty important match. As disappointing as Australia have looked, like I don't want to see them rewarded and go through because it's just but it, they could they could and eddie could be sitting here in two weeks time on the verge of a oh, semi i would hate that hey, you can't report oh, us doubted us didn't you worst like fuck all you sick cunts he's probably talking to the georgian coaches right now <laughs> and like, and like what feeding him with yeah. intel on fiji I bet he's doing some shit behind the scenes that, like... But Georgia can... Georgia does have it in them to challenge Fiji. As good as Fiji's been playing, they are also going to be a, a, a strong favorite. But that's not a given, right? Fiji slipped up in 2019 to Uruguay. Yes. And that kind of made it so they couldn't advance. Upset of the tournament. The reality is Fiji's expected to win. Um, I think they can even do like a draw or a close loss, a bonus point loss, and still move on. So let's expect those flying coconuts in the the quarterfinal. Bonus point. They got to take care of biz, though. So that's that's the match to watch in Pool C. And this one we kind of picked right after week one when England beat Argentina and Japan looked like they were going to do well enough to win their kind of lower end games. We circled this. Pool Japan, D. Argentina, baby. Stripes v. Stripes. Dude, this is going to be a really exciting matchup. Of- Actually, the Argies are wearing their dark blues, but whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they've been, you know, kind of quietly... For Argentinians, they've been. I'd say it's quiet. They've been quietly like building. Yeah. Toward this, they're they playing get better. Their butts whipped against England. They were not good. No. They were not good, and it's not their standard that we've come to expect, and so it's hard to know which Argentina are gonna show up. The 
the meek puma who gets bit, the, you know, kind of licking their wounds, or the roaring The freshly puma, branded puma. Just ready. But Japan are always going to be a challenge for any team. So I'm really excited about that match. The Leechinator. Dude, Leech. I love Japan. They play really fun. And, you know, Samoa was the spicy team in this pool that I think was fun to watch, but underperformed. Underperformed, yeah. And Chile was fun. Chile. So, I mean, Back, because we're egocentric Americans, back to us. How do we get in the dance next time without an extended tournament? We got to be either Uruguay or Chile. And it's that's, that fucking simple. And with, again, like what are, what are the pundits, like ourselves, keep saying about these lower level teams? They need more games. Gotta they work. need more games. And so we need more test matches just like Chile does and just like Georgia and everybody – Guess what all these teams that qualified for the World Cup are getting? The top-level games, under pressure, exposure to it, in real time, and a taste of it. You know what? An eight-week tour with their boys. Chile just re-signed their coach for another World Cup cycle. You know, it's like if it. everybody wants the Scott Lawrence era to succeed, Right, but if it doesn't go well, and say we get a new coach in two years, bro, it feels like we're the fucking, you know, Jets who are like, or the Cleveland Browns firing their coach every two years, yeah. being like, we need a guy who's going to get wins. Right. Well, you need to give people stability to get wins. Yep, that is a chicken and egg problem that we keep smashing our head into there. And and let's not skip got- over Portugal, who who beat us for the last slot. Portugal have been impressive as well. Yeah. Super impressive. I mean, game of the tournament was the 18-18 to 18 draw of oh. so far, I think. Portugal, Portugal, Georgia. People will say Ireland, South Africa. But, you know, again, like to honor Harpo here, whose super brew pick-up name is Box Kick Suck. <laughs> I agreed that while the Ireland-South Africa game was awesome, no cards, Amazing physical rugby. Never swung more than one score away. Johnny, I do like scoring tries. Like, eventually, I like... flowing footy. I know, and and I was watching it box kick to box kick, and I'm like, holy shit, Harpo was right. Box kicks do suck. Yeah, you you know, it's like, you know, anything like that. You want to use them strategically and if you overuse them you abuse the right to be on that pitch and play some footy let the boys play so i I think we're gonna see some really exciting round five matches is we're calling it the pre-quarter finals pre-cues and it's it's really great to have these matches again like everything to play for so you know we're watching matches that like I can't get enough of I mean, it, even right? since like, we got back from our French immersion, mm. I we love the way the French cook so much that we're, mm. we're smoking over coals now at the rugby clubhouse yes. with the projector. Don't you love the timings of like, okay, we got a 9.15 game in the morning, mountain time. You know, get the bry going early. Get our coals knocked down. Get that even cooking surface, couple meats on. Early viewing session, 9.15, yes. then we get the 1 o'clock. The 1 p.m. Oh, time, which so is the good. 9. You know, I, I thought the 9 p.m. local French games were, um, wow, this is starting late. But the vibe was always really good. And it cooled off a little bit. So yeah, you weren't, like, like, melting uh-huh. in, their, yeah. in their heat. <laughs> yeah. 
But getting home on the trains with, uh, you know, 60,000 drunk oh. fill-in-the-blank fans. Yeah. Well, Wait till you Brits. get our uh, taste of Bordeaux. We have some audio clips that are just going to knock your socks off. Oh, speaking of the songs, so who has the best song game? Coming home on the trains, in the stadium. The the French are obviously very proud. They're of, good. I don't even know the words to their songs. It's a really good – it's a banger of an <laughs> anthem, but they just bust it out like at least – I'd say it's about a 2.7 to 3.1 per game average that they're singing. They're in, in, they get the whole stands into it. They're singing their anthem. And I, you love to hear a full-throated French fan uh, stadium, fans, fan-filled stadium there. But the Welsh, obviously, they're, they're known for their songs and their good they're good singing voices, but uh, Irish are always singing. The, the English are just really the annoying ones, and I know that sounds ironic and hypocritical coming from an American, <laughs> because usually, but we learned it from watching you, Dad. Is like we're the annoying, yeah. like, and then I just like saw myself in the mirror. I'm like, oh, I've been that guy on the train in a toga, just like belting out like whatever song comes to mind. Yeah, and, but, but it's a good. It's but a back good. on the French being hosts, like. They always seemed like willing to kind of have a laugh and know that the Rugby World Cup tourists are there to be tourists. Yeah. And we we had this funny thing going where, you know, it it was my Spaniard friend who told me, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the French are funny. He's like, they are perfectly willing to like make an effort to help you, but they have to act annoyed in the process. Yes. So for a gluten free friend of ours, friend of the pod, uh, we'd be like, can we get the burger with no bun? And we would be no, with, impossible, impossible. It's impossible. no burger. The, the burger you comes the with steak. bun. It's you no, the you, steak. This is what we want, and and everything <laughs> is impossible. Everything starts with a no. The the default is no, and then he checks with the guy, and it's okay. We can do it, but they have to act annoyed. It's like they're playing the role of the Frenchman on yes. TV. They're living up to the, the pop culture. But really deep down, stereotype. they're really good, like yeah. hospitable hosts. Like they're is phenomenal. I yeah. was super impressed. Yes. Like two thumbs up. Great tour, man. Let's uh, like any good World Cup, you know, unless you're Buzzy, who's really there for eight straight weeks, and he showed me his entire itinerary to prove it. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could tour for eight straight weeks just going to game after game, but, you know, maybe as I get older and get more contacts and, and maybe, hey, next one's in an English-speaking country. Maybe we'll feel at home at all's, mate. I mean, that could be as long a tour as you want it I to think, be. I think six months, well, slow down, six weeks minimum. Uh, down in Oz. And then, Johnny, we're going to blink in eight years and we're hosting. Uh, but that's another time for another podcast because we have gone over. Harpo always said, keep it short. Um, we have Johnny in the studio, you know, just getting the impressions. The, the French immersion has been amazing. We'll probably touch in with you guys before the quarters. We're obviously going to give you that Bordeaux uh, man on the street stuff because, mate, it was hot that day. How hot. <laughs> but we have some great stuff coming for the rugby pick'em fans out there who have been frothing for more stuff. Uh, stay, stay tuned. Jinx. Ah, oh, yo, me a Coke Zero. Cafe. <laughs> Dude. And a cigarette. Aw, oh, ripping darts, mate. Pick'em. Pick'em.
Uncle Johnny in the house, and we are back from our French immersion. I love Japan. They play really fun. Yeah. And Chile was fun. Chile. So, I mean, really good it's a banger of an <laughs> anthem but they just bust it out like at least oh. bonjour bichette you know this has got to scare the french right because italy have not maybe performed it's kind of typical italy but like they got their butts whipped. Yeah. There's lots of cheese. France, ugh. The Irish okay. fans like the party. Fromage! <laughs> Fromage! The plan, and more on the just the people. The spontaneity, the execution, the moment, and the feeling, the getting immersed, fully immersed in the culture, and, and finding these serendipitous, like, beautiful parts of the country that I never would have known existed. hardest thing for me was understanding that I pooped in one bathroom and I showered and washed my hands in another bathroom. I mean, that's separation of poop and, and, and cleanse. So yes. I, I support separation of poop and cleanse. Yeah. But